You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with Alan Simonetti from Simonetti Builders. Now, it's no secret Charlotte is booming again, uh, you know, 10 years after the Great Re- Great Recession. And one name that is consistent with luxury home building in Charlotte is Simonini Builders. Now, Alan and his partners started the well-known company in 1994. But like most companies uh, in the Great Recession, especially those in the real estate fields, Simonini Homes hit a snag in September of 2020, or 2010. September of 2020, the company announced it would finish up projects and close down. Uh, but you can't keep a good down, a good man down longer, and they're back in the business. And we're so excited to learn a little bit more from the founder, Alan Simonetti, who's joining us on the Brand Builders Podcast to tell us a little bit about his business from nine years ago closing to booming. And we can't can't wait to hear a little bit more. So, welcome to the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you, Brian. Great introduction. What's happening? I'm now? excited. I'm excited hey. to, to know what these houses are all about because they're gorgeous, and maybe one day. I'll be able to afford one. We we left something out though. He was named the 2018 Charlotte Icon Ooh, by Mecklenburg yay. County Times. I want to know more about that, and <laughs> and also tell us a little bit like 2008, 2010, or actually let's start from the beginning, and then how did that affect you all? It affected so many folks within your industry and way beyond. Obviously, I want to know like sort of about the recovery of the brand and what it was like going through all of that. Well, uh, thank you for uh, having me here today. Uh, I'm glad to share my story. Uh, you know, I started working for my father when I got out of college, and my brother got into business, and we grew it up, and, and we started building some neighborhood houses. And uh, in 1993, I went into business with Ray Killian, and we took the business from like $20 million a year to $122 million a year in 2007. And, and we saw the uh, recession coming, but you couldn't get out of things quick enough. So we got out of as many things as we could. We realized in 2010 we couldn't support um, all the people we had with the lack of business that was uh, in the horizon. So we decided to split everything up. So we split up uh, Allen Simonetti Homes and Classic Homes. And then Ray Killian just got out completely. So... Uh, our company kind of split into two, and uh, half of our people went into uh, Classica Homes, and we started Allen Simony Homes in 2011. Wow. So what made you want to jump back into it? I mean, after going through the the split like that, did you just say, I can make this happen, and Charlotte's a city that will be back? You know, my entire life, um, I've really never felt like I had a job, Um you know, people just asked me to do stuff for them, and I did it, and I got paid. <laughs> and, that's awesome. perfect. And I think that's what we're all striving for. So, you know, I never really worried about not having something to do. Uh, people, even in the recession, asked us to, you know, we were doing our renovation works at the time, and that was staying pretty strong. Uh, one of the customers that we were working with near the end of Synergy Builders Asked us to build our house, and then a friend of mine loaned us some money to build a spec house, and that's how we started in 2011. And that's all we did in that year's two houses. But now uh, we're up to, um, I think last year we did 39. This year we're planning on 41. Um, people have asked us to build homes. So we had some failed projects that uh, 
in 2011, people asked us to, you know, come into the project, kind of, you know, be the, uh, the fixer. And we came up with some new product and new marketing and we actually got them out of the neighborhoods that were stalled. And that's how we got started back into the business. And we got, now we subsequently have been hired by a number of developers to, uh, build on their property and be the builder. So That's we work awesome. for developers primarily. And I'm seeing your signs all over Charlotte and maybe beyond. Um, one great house uh, on Queens Road. Yeah, coming to completion now. Uh, just saw another one on Carmel just yesterday. Yes. Down past Carmel Country Club. But what I'm seeing mostly are the townhomes you're building. Uh, it seems like, is, is that what you're talking about? The product that you're working alongside developers yes. with? And so um, I have a real interest in um, infill. You know, I'm, I don't want, you know, commuting and out in suburbia where people have to get on the roads and all that. So we created the city home concept, which is walkability to shopping. And what makes a city home is like a quarter of a mile to shopping and restaurants and that kind of thing. So we saw some opportunities uh, with some South Park, Cotswold, Eastover, Myers Park. And so we created the city home concept and it was all walkability to uh, shopping and restaurants. And you don't have to get in your car. We actually, my wife and I, Libby, live in a townhouse we built in Dilworth by Freedom Park. And we basically don't get in our car when we get home at night. We either walk to a restaurant or we Uber or Lyft someplace. And just love that lifestyle. Um, lock and leave. The yard's taken care of by the community and so we can travel and enjoy life. And that, I mean, those are beautiful across from freedom. Um, you'd mentioned briefly when we were talking, you know, how it's changed from the nineties to now. And, and I think you went a little bit into detail there, but tell us how different it is from in the nineties when you were really helping develop Charlotte, you had a lot of, of golf course communities that needed a lot of custom homes and now it's changing. Is, is it something that you've just had to constantly be on top of the trends and, 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 and know that that's coming. Um, and then how different are both those businesses from, from going into a Piper Glen and, and developing all of that to now focusing on teardowns, like you said, and building one little custom home on a lot or, or hoping to get into a building where you have maybe five or 10 townhomes. Tell us how that's changed your business. Uh, and tell us a little bit about how it was in the nineties and how it is now. So in the nineties in Charlotte, we had uh, Ballantyne, Piper Glen, Peninsula, the Point, River Run, um, River Point, uh, you know, River Hills, River anything, you know, <laughs> lots, lots of rivers in Charlotte <laughs> that turned into lakes, yeah. and obviously great places for golf course communities and, and lake lake style living. Which, you know, my dad started in River Hills, and so we were always building on the lake or the golf course. From the beginning, that's what we do. Uh, we did a, the majority of our career, and so back then, you know, you know, they get twenty builders in a community, and now everybody would buy, you know, a half a dozen lots, and and you know, you'd have thirty, forty, fifty homes going at a time. Uh, there was financing for that, and that's uh, builders aren't willing now to really speculate anything. And so the way builders work, even the national builders, they'll go in a neighborhood and they'll like commit to taking down lots, but they'll build a model and a spec house. 
Right. And then they build custom homes from there. And so even the, the merchant builders like, uh, you know, Lennar or D.R. Horton or something like that, that's how they build. And we used to build, you know, lots and lots of spec houses, and that doesn't exist anymore. Everybody, that last recession, you know, really took a wallop on people, and uh, they're all being a lot more conservative on uh, how they build. So we're trying to adjust by working for developers uh, and com- coming up with a lifestyle product that uh, simplifies people's lives on these townhomes. And I think the townhomes are a great transition to neighborhoods. You know, you get on a busy corridor, and these people have their homes in, their, in let's say, Providence Road, where now it's a four-lane highway. And when they built the house, it was a two-lane road. And now, it, you know, it's hard for those people to even sell their homes. They have no, can't sell them. They have to rent them out. So I think the townhome project that we're building is a nice transition on these busy roads, gives a multi-family component, which gives people a different lifestyle choice, and then it gives a good buffer to the neighborhood behind it. You guys have a phenomenal showroom uh, right down here, actually just right down the street from our studio, which is awesome. Um, how in the world do you stay on top of trends? And and even if we're going towards more of the townhome look, what are some of those trends that people want in their homes right now? And, and do you see that? Does that change quicker now than it did in the 90s? And where do you see the future of that? Um, I don't think the trends change quicker, but they're constantly changing. Uh, the way people live today is totally different than what they wait. You know, when the houses were built in Charlotte, originally, like in Dilworth, Myers Park, and Eastover, a lot of people had maids. And so the kitchen was not a place people hung out. Yeah. You know, know, the kitchen was closed off. And, you know, the house we had in Dilworth, um, on Berkeley Avenue, my wife and I had, had a buzzer on the floor in the dining room. Wow. You know, yeah. you put your foot on. Yeah. When the maid Some more sweet tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Started. Some more sweet tea and fried, fried chicken. So yeah. um, we took the buzzer out because we didn't have a maid. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you ain't using that for me. I promise you that. Uh, well, I had an old home built in the 30s on Hillsdale behind where Mellow Mushroom is now. Yes. Uh, off of Selwyn. And it had a basement and in the basement was a single toilet. Yeah. And I guess that's what we that had was for back in the day. And we had a, you know, a, a, a in the basement was a, uh, a place for coal to be stored in a chute through the side where the coal truck would deliver and a, and a coal fired <laughs> furnace for uh, boiling water to heat the house and a radiator. Uh, so people lived in the front of the homes back then and they don't live in the front of the home anymore. Uh, you know, they're trying to recreate that with the T and D neighborhoods you see down, in, um, you know, like um, in Mount Pleasant. There's a Ion development we built houses in, where they're all alley-fed houses, where the garages are off an alley, but all the fronts of the houses are on like these public you know, walkways and gardens and parks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's hard to do in town with existing streets. And so people are living in the back of the homes, and every house we build now, everybody's we're doing all the living. The kitchen, the family room, and the family dining is all one contiguous space. And everybody with this climate, they want outdoor living space, you know, added on to that as well, part of that space where you open these big sliding glass doors, 
goes out there and you got heaters and a fireplace and, and it just extends your, you know, outdoor living is what people want. And they're living in the back of their home. It goes right out into your yard. And so everything we're building and everything we're renovating, you know, people want us to renovate their homes that be uh, converting them to, you know, rear yard living kind of homes. And they're kind of abandoning the street side stuff. It's really interesting. We had a, um, and, and I, I guess I'm lucky enough. I live in a neighborhood now where it's, it's kind of opposite. Like everybody are my neighbors and they all came over and they brought us food and stuff. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like it doesn't happen. Um, so that's pretty neat that everybody's kind of going from front porch living to back porch living, right? Uh, before everybody would be on the front porch, you'd be saying hi to your neighbors. Now they pull in the garage, they close it. And it's like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be my own, Man, never see be my own world over here. Um, so this is an interesting question. So we were just recently at a conference and, and uh, we heard a speaker and it was all about productivity and it was all about open space work, um, you know, offices and how unproductive they really are. You know, it seemed like everybody wanted to be like, we're all going to be together. Let's all get in one big room. I know with families, it's now turning into that. Is it going to be where they're like, oh man, I don't, I don't even know if I want to be around my family this long. And then it's going to go back in like 10 years. And we're going to be like, I don't want a kitchen that's connected to the living room because I just want to be able to watch my sports. Do you see that trend changing? Or do you think that that's something that's here to stay where it's going to be more open and more kind of family driven around that aspect? Or do you think maybe in the future it goes back to, uh, to, to kind of the older days where there was more dining room, living room, kitchen, office. I don't see it going back. Um, you know, people, you know, always hang out in the kitchen regardless of the design of the house. And if you have it all jammed in one little space, everybody's in a small space. Yep. And so now the kitchen's part of the living space and it's where everybody hangs out. And if you want to get away, we always have to provide them with a room or rooms. So we'll have a den, yeah. you know, bedroom on the ground floor that they can, and if you have a basement, you have the, the man cave or a bonus room up where you can kind of go up there and hang out and have a pool table and a bar and big screen TV and you can get away. Uh, we have the getaway spaces. So um, anything you want. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, now that's that brings up a great question. I bet you have had some of the most wild requests ever about, well, this is what I want to do. Tell me a story. <laughs> and believe me. Tell it. It doesn't matter. We, we, you can open it up here, but tell me a story about some of the craziest things that people have ever requested in a home. And what were some of them that you actually did? Well, I try to talk people out of <laughs> some of the crazy things. <laughs> You're like, you really don't want that. I promise. <laughs> and I mean, uh, I built a house for Reggie White. You know, uh, you know, the, he was a Panther for a small part of his career, but he was a Green Bay Packer for the large part of it. He lived across the street from us. We built his house. And a really great couple and a great family. But he had this uh, glass etching. It was huge. It was probably 12 feet wide and three feet tall of the Last Supper. Oh, really? Wow. And, um, you know, we put it in his dining room. And that was in the dining room was kind of didn't have any windows. And it was just had this, had this glass thing in it. You know, it made it tough to sell his house uh, when it went to you know resell it. And you don't um, think about that, right? Like, oh, yeah. that's what I want on the wall. Like, well, maybe the next person doesn't. You know, and he, he put his uh, bathroom vanity top at 48 inches because he's tall. Well, you know, it's like 
chin height for me, you know? Oh, man. So brush my, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Talk about making you feel short. You're like, yeah. I need a stepladder to brush my teeth as an adult. So I try to advise people oh, not to man. do that stuff because, you know, hey, someday you might want to resell this house. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've had people that had, like, these dolphin sculptures and glass, you know, and I was like, and designed their house around, put them in, and they're like, you know, that might be better in the bonus room or something. And uh, obviously... <laughs> You know, some people do animal heads and... Uh, ah, got a few of those. You got a few of those. <laughs> you can move those, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, like, with the way technology's advanced, but what, what's your favorite product right now that you're putting in your new new builds? Well, you know, I, I really like uh, the Sonos systems and um, having the sound where people just say, hey, Alexa, play country music or something like that. I think that's really great. And the sound of, uh, sound of sound bars, these, uh, you know, the TVs are such a huge thing now. They're, um, I'm sure they're going to be the size of a wall pretty sure. soon. Or maybe just, on, you know, actually liquid, you know, on the entire wall or whatever because it doesn't seem like it's getting, you know, small <laughs> by any chance. Uh, it ain't. You know, you go to people's houses and they have a t- 36-inch TV and you're like, what? Yeah, man, yeah. Wh- where you been? What happened, what happened to the 90-incher? Get you that box TV up in the corner. You know, we, we uh, recently heard uh, Robbie Box speak, uh, and he is the old Microsoft Xbox officer, and he helped create Xbox, and now he sits on the board with Sonos. And he had talked about how great of a company that is from an innovation standpoint. Um, and we actually had Sam LaGrasso on from Sharp. And they just came out with a rolling LED TV where it literally is just a box and it rolls up and then it rolls down and it's unbelievable. It's, it's crazy to me, right? I remember like 10 years ago, I was like, and one of these days you're going to be able to watch live sports on your phone. And like, people thought that was crazy. Well, people do it every day now. Right. And you, you, some people don't even look at their TV anymore. They're just like down on the phone. So I don't even know where technology is going to go, but I'm, I'm down for the ride. So keep us posted on what's going to be the next thing. I'd love to see that. Absolutely. one thing I want to know is, is you know, you create custom homes. Um, there were some, you know, new reevaluations out there and folks are really saying like, whoa, um, what kind of your, is your advice? And, you know, are folks scaling back a little to, to keep a budget or no? And I mean, what happens to a house that somebody maybe builds for 300,000 and now, you know, it's, it's a million dollars from a tax evaluation. What's kind of your advice on, on what people are doing and, and are people now kind of saying, whoa, maybe I need to set, settle down on a luxury home or trying to do that build from your perspective? I think people are starting to think about because things are getting so expensive that um, let's make the space big enough to accommodate what we need and not have any wasted space. You know, these you know giant 20 by 20 master bedrooms. Yeah, you can rollerblade in or something. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, you probably don't need need that. You That's, know, okay. You, you know, you put the king bed and two nightstands on either side, and and you know a dresser and a, and a, maybe a a bench at the end of the bed or something, and you have a space to walk walk around. That's how big the bedroom should be. Maybe it's only fourteen by sixteen or something, and uh, it's much more usable. The master bathroom, same way. I think we're making the space where it's just really functional. A lot of people are not putting tubs in their bathrooms at all now, even on a, you know, big, you know, two, three million dollar house. They're just saying, Hey, I'm on a big, uh, really nice shower with, uh, lots of space. And, and I just don't, you know, maybe I'll put a tub in someday. Right. But, uh, they're not putting them in about half the houses. 
Um, my wife wants one, so it's probably more than 50-50 that want a tub, but we're seeing less and less of that. Um, kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I, we had mentioned, um, and, and just this goes into kind of the innovation of the industry. Uh, we talked a little bit about 3D printing. Uh, I think that's something that a lot of people need to stay aware of. And and recently, I read an article and it actually was attributed with a um, uh, with a video of a third world country where they had had a 3D printer that literally created low income housing through concrete. Yes. In like no time at all. It was fascinating. You know, it's something that I think could definitely help the world um, from that perspective. Do you think that 3D printing is something that you guys will incorporate into custom homes as well? And how long until something like that is maybe even making components of a house or even helping build the house itself? Well, I love uh, innovative ideas and things like the 3D printing. I've seen the the video of the concrete machine. It's crazy. That, you know, builds the walls, which is really great. Uh, I've also seen videos of the uh, the one that automatically, like a robot, lays block, um, which is not 3D printing, but next best thing. Yeah, and I, I love those concepts. Uh, you know, one of my dreams. Uh, I don't know if I'll live long enough for this to happen, but was really just to have a modular home. You know, have it all built in a factory, have the walls built in a factory, let's say, and just be plug and play, and basically. You know, stand the walls up, plug them in, because you'd have wires in there. You have mm-hmm. to like connect, and uh, actually construct a house in a lot less time. One of the things that's painful is how long it takes to build a custom house. Definitely. What about um, do you are you having more and more people that are coming into we're wanting to build a custom home and and they want solar panels and they want you know to make this a, maybe a, an LED specific um, or or certified building? Like, what are those type of requests? And with you know, the millennials and younger people like myself, like everybody's worried about the, you know, the, the earth and, and green here and how can we save and how can we recycle, which is great. But also through houses, like how can we not use as much energy? How can we be, I don't want to say minimalist, but how can we not impact the environment as much as, as maybe we do now? Well, I, told, I, I went to Boston for ULI, which is Urban Land Institute back in uh, October, and we toured some affordable housing. And everything we toured was passive energy. And so what that means is it has zero energy needs. Wow. Really? Yeah. So the solar panels uh, supply all the power that they need, and they're very energy efficient. We currently build a very efficient home, and I see the future as all the homes being built in the world as being passive homes, where they're just using the solar power and a battery storage and they'll function that way. So, you know, Elon Musk has got this um, uh, uh, kind of a clay tile looking solar panel roof system that I think it's going to be lots of people are going to start building those. And I think all the roofs are going to be solar roofs in the future. Um, And they're attractive. Uh, They're long lasting. And, you know, they might produce enough electricity in sunny places that uh, people are actually getting electricity back. Uh, We put a solar roof uh, on a a friend's house in Charlotte, and he was saying that he was actually uh, selling power back. He, like, gets uh, credit from Duke Power, Duke Energy, uh, on his power bill. I love that. Very cool. Absolutely. Solar panels. Um, What about... It's so interesting when you're talking about like technology, 
Do you guys incorporate, we, we just heard from a speaker out of Raleigh and they actually did windows for the airport and it's almost like sunglasses that actually changes color based on the sun that comes in. So from an energy standpoint, it could be really dark, kind of like a lens of a sunglass, but then when it's not, it's clear. Have you incorporated any type of like windows like that into, into a house? No, I haven't. You know, I've been in a 787 that has those kind of windows, but, uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not aware of anybody that's doing that currently. In a residential standpoint? Right. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, um, it's not come, come on our radar screen, but we do, uh, when we're trying to be on a road, like on Fairview Road in South Park, we do the um, uh, a quiet package, and that's really the hurricane glass, is laminated glass, cuts down on the sound transmission quite a bit. Um, and it's an upgrade we offer. Interesting. I'm curious on the financing side of things. You, you mentioned earlier there's private money involved. Are the banks lending for for spec homes now? Has that improved over the past decade? I would say yes, they're lending on spec homes now, uh, but very, very cautiously and limited. And I think if people are work building the way I described earlier, where they're doing a model of spec home and they limit their risk that way, I think uh, there's lots of banks that want to, you know, they want to make loans because that's what the businesses are in. Right. Uh, they just want to be... You know, that last recession you know, really took everybody for a ride that nobody expected. And nobody you know, wants how, to go on yeah, again. That's right. How do you feel how do you feel about the current economy and projecting over the next few years? What are you hearing from developers and are you starting to see any signs of, of slowdown? Yeah, uh, things have slowed down a little. Um I don't see it um being a a real long slowdown. It, when the interest rates last fall, you know, a few months ago, interest rates went up unexpectedly. You know, Donald Trump was not happy about the Federal Reserve going up that extra last time. And um, and, and I, I wasn't either, <laughs> you know, because I don't think it was needed. And then the stock market went down. So interest rates go up, stock market goes down, people at my price point pause, um, you know, it takes jobs to create homes. You know, the, a good, healthy environment is one new home for every job created in Charlotte or anywhere. And um, now that interest rates are going down and the stock market's going back up, I, you know, this uh, first quarter has been much better. Um, we're, you know, like I said, last year we did 39. This year we're planning on 41. Pretty flat. Mm-hmm. And I see it being pretty flat for the foreseeable future, but I'm okay with that. You know, it's, you know, it's fine. I think everybody's okay with that. And nobody's really getting out there and doing anything crazy, which, right. uh, you know, everybody's being careful and that's good for everybody. Sure. So I, I want to, if, if people are listening to this right now and they're interested in getting a, a custom home, you'd mentioned that a lot of people don't want to wait. Right. They don't want to wait for the year, year and a half it takes to build that custom home. A, like what would be your advice if somebody was thinking like, hey, maybe I want a custom home in a year. And and do they need to give you a call right away, start to set up that planning? And how does that kind of process work in your company? I'm glad you asked that question because a lot of people will wait to plan their house. And then when they're ready, they want it done yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Right. <laughs> 
not until you can 3D yeah, print yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. So that's what I right. try to encourage my friends and, co- and, and, and customers to do is, hey, you know, if you're thinking about building a house, um, you know, let's start planning it now. Let's get it all planned and selected. You know, selections really hold up the construction of a house. We really don't like to start a house until everything is picked out. That's why I have the design studio down on Moorhead. So we bring people in so they can make their selections up front. Because once everything's picked, we can order everything. And we're not waiting for, there's long lead times on windows and cabinets and, mm-hmm. and you know, some light fixtures and things like that. So we've got to get that stuff ordered quickly because those things have to be made custom made, let's say, you know. And so I, I tell people, go ahead and get the house planned and picked out and priced. So then when you're ready to start, you start. Uh-huh. You know, we pull the permit and we start the house. That's going to cut six months out of the whole process. And then, you know, everything being picked out, that's going to probably cut three months out of the build time. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, we could probably build a house in seven or eight months if everything's picked out. You know, so and it's three months longer if it's not. Yeah. Well, hey, we're, <laughs> we we love people that plan. That's right. Don't it seems like you. Oh, oh yeah. We, we, we face similar issues, just a little shorter runway. But yeah. it seems, seems like the uh, the Queens Road home just flew by, man. I, I don't know. It just seemed like your fence went up and then it went down. And yeah. Maybe my timing's off, but it seems like that one went down. Well, that was a year, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we try to work as fast as we can. You know, one of the things that makes us a, a, a great choice for renovation is we have our own crews, our own carpenters on staff. And so these guys know the sim in any way and they're on the job all the time that they're doing the work. It really helps a lot get to keep the job moving. And in that particular house, the, that, that um, client um, kept on, you know, saying, "Hey, I want to, I want to add a pool. I want to add a pool house. I want to add this to the house." And of course, we we love all that. And we, but you know, getting that down done quickly, we do have an interior designer that's part of our renovation team, and she we have these people just so we get people to make selections quickly. Right. You know, and get the process done. So we have that for new homes, we have it for renovations, and we have it for neighborhoods. Um, One-stop shop. Make it easy. Come on down to Alan Simonini's home, and you can pick anything you want. Maybe not his home. Come to the showroom. (laughs) (laughs) Go to the showroom first. But, you know, the selection process was a bottleneck for us, and so we're having a designer help set along. That's awesome. Well, cool, man. Well, I um, in closing, what we definitely want to know the the best way for people to reach you if they are interested in custom homes. Um, it's been really neat to get to know you and Libby, um, and follow that story. And I've actually got to know Libby a little bit more just through some you know things with with Yetis and some things that we work with you guys on. But thank you for the business. Thank you for being kind of the builder here in Charlotte. Um, and so, if anybody is interested, what's the best way to reach you and get the process rolling? Well, I I love you know people to call me. I give everybody my card. Uh, one of the things on our website, everybody, we have like contact cards on everybody in the company. If you click on them, like law firms do, we give out cell phones, we give out emails. We want to get in contact with people. We want people to get in contact with us. You know, we're not hiding from anybody, you know, 24 seven, you know, no, no time's a bad time to call me unless I'm sitting in church yeah. and I won't answer the phone then. But other than that, um, 
You ain't getting anybody that's answering the phone better than that. I'm telling you what. Um, Well, what is that number? Uh, My phone number is 704-293-4256. And my email is alan at simonetti.com. And Libby is Libby at Simonetti.com. So we're trying to make it simple. And website is Simonetti.com? Simonetti.com. We were fortunate to get the domain site for Simonetti name, which is nice. That is awesome. Very nice. Well, thank you, uh, Alan. You know, thank you for coming on the Brand Butters podcast. Tell us a little bit more about your story. Um, honestly, it would be awesome if you could build a home for me in the future. I'd love to. I got a lot, I got a lot of work to do, but I'm going to work hard. You I gotta tell work you on that. Dunstan. Then. We That's do. Right. We That's do. Right. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Dunstan might be in front of me. Actually, he's way in front of me. But thank you so much for coming on. It was really cool to hear um, from somebody that is an industry expert, an industry leader here in Charlotte. Um, congratulations on, on all of your achievements. And I hope 2019 is a great year for you guys. Uh, and if you're listening to this podcast and you want a custom home, Alan Simonini will take care of you. And I want to say I hope 2019 is a great year for you guys as well. Thank, Thank you. you very we much. appreciate that. We right, appreciate you coming on. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.